Hey everyone, how you doing today? Is everybody good? It's great to see you. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, whether you are watching online or whether you're here in person with us at Hope, it is awesome to be together. It is a blessing to be together and to lift up the name of Jesus. How many of you know there's power today in the name of Jesus, right? There's power in the name of Jesus. And um, today is just a, a very special day as, as God gets to work in our hearts as we gather together. Well, I wonder how many of you have ever found out something that would have been nice to know? You ever had that happen to you where it's like, oh, that would have been nice to know? Like, it would have been nice to know that family's crazy before I married into it. Think that would have been nice to know, or as I discovered recently, it would have been nice to know that my cell phone was in my pocket before I jumped into the swimming pool. Yep, that actually happened. Uh, the phone didn't make it, unfortunately, but it would have been nice to know before I jumped in that my phone was in my pocket. Well, I wanna tell you a story this morning about an experience that I had um, with a friend of mine a few years ago where I was, I found myself saying it would have been nice to know. I was a youth pastor at the time and uh, I was connecting with many other youth pastors in our community and we really became great friends, even to the point where five of us got together and we did this huge winter camp together with five different youth groups. Like it was a really an awesome experience. And I came out of this experience with a really good friend who was a, a pastor at a church in our community. And he and I would get together regularly, probably once a month, we'd you know, grab coffee and just talk and talk about life, we talk about ministry and things we were going through. And I'll never forget the day where we sat down over coffee and he begins to tell me that he realized that he's no longer um, in a place spiritually to be a pastor at his church. And uh, his, he's not right in his relationship with God. And here's a guy who was fun. He had a great youth group. It was growing. And yet here he is after months of getting to know him. And he's telling me, I'm not in the right place spiritually. I'm going to step down from being a pastor at my church. And I'm just thinking, why didn't you tell me this before? Like it would have been nice to know. And what's sad is that we were meeting together to encourage and strengthen one another. And yet I didn't even know this thing that was going on deep in his heart. And maybe it's because I never actually asked the question, how are you doing spiritually? How is your relationship with God? How well do we know people? Uh, Paul Tripp writes um, about a similar experience, and he, he says, uh, about this experience he had had. He said, I had known this man for many years, and yet I knew nothing of what he was telling me now. I wondered how long this had gone on without anyone knowing. And just listen to this line. He says, in that moment, I realized that the most personal and important parts of our lives fly under the radar in most of our relationships. Have you ever noticed that? How many, of the, how many of the deepest and most important parts of our lives fly under the radar, even in some of our closest relationships, even in relationships between husbands and wives and coworkers? And so 
Today, we want to talk about this idea of no. How do we get to know the people in our lives? And for those of you who are just joining us, we're in a series here at Hope called Love, No, Speak, Do. And it's based on a book by Paul Tripp called Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands. And uh, the quote that I shared with you, it's from a chapter in this book called Getting to Know People. Getting to know people. And so today we're looking at the second word in our ministry model. Love, know, speak, do. We're looking at know. How well do we know the people that God has put in our life? And guys, I'm already convicted by this message. Because I know that I don't know people the way that Jesus wants me to know the people he's graciously put in my life. And, and I just, I really want to share this before we jump in, um, because the banner over this series isn't just know somebody or love someone. You know, I hope you go home today better equipped to know people, but that's not the big idea of this series. It's called Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands. And the big idea is this, the more you get to know someone, the more opportunity you have for God to use you in that person's life. The more you love someone, the more you get to know someone, the more opportunities you're going to have to be used by God in that person's life. The subtitle of this book is People in Change, Helping People in Need of Change. I'm not perfect. I don't have all the answers. I don't have it all together. But the Holy Spirit can use me in someone's life to be an instrument of change. Isn't that amazing that God can use any one of us in another person's life to make a difference, to be a positive impact, to help them come to know Jesus Christ? See, that's the big idea. That's the banner over our series. And, and I just want to share with you today, we have a model called Love No Speak Do. Right? It's how Jesus made a difference, came and made a difference in our lives. Love, no, speak, do. One of the ways. It's just his ministry model. We have small group week here and ministry week. Why do we take every other week to do small group week and ministry week? Because you have a ministry. God has given you a ministry to people he has put in your life. And so if you're here today and you're a child of God, you've been saved by God. He has given you a ministry to people around you. And that could look like um, getting to know your children at a deeper level of the heart so that you can nurture faith in the heart of your child. That could be taking a few minutes to pause with a neighbor or a coworker, and you're getting to know them. Why? So that you can share the hope you have in Jesus Christ. It could be getting to know your Christian brothers and sisters so that we can support and encourage one another on this journey of faith. You have a ministry. And God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things in the lives of others. Do you believe that today? Because if you don't believe that, then none of this is going to make any sense. Because God puts us in people's lives to love them, to know them, to speak truth, and to invite them to do something that only God can do. And that's to have a life transformed by Jesus Christ. That's what this is about. That's the banner over everything. And I love how Drew came last week and he talked to us about love. And do you remember how he defined love? He said it's connecting with a heart. It's having a heart for another person. And he showed us the priority of love. Everything begins with love. And so how do you love another person? 
It's by being in their life. It's the same way Jesus loved us. He came to be with us. He loved us so much. He came. And so love, the very first step, is just being with people in a way where we're loving them. See, real change and real transformation happens in relationship. And so we're going to build relationships with people because God's going to use us in the context of a relationship. Relationships matter. God uses us in relationship. So that's love. It all begins with love. Today we're talking about no. Am I getting to know the people God is putting in my life? And I'm very convicted today because there is a huge difference between the way Jesus gets to know us and the way we often get to know the people in our life. There's a huge difference between the way Jesus got to know me and the ways that I sometimes get to know the people in my life. So I want to look at that and then I want to give us three powerful concepts that are going to help us get to know people better, ultimately, so that we can be instruments in the hands of a Redeemer. Ultimately, so that as we love people and know people, we're being used by God to be a part of his plan of transformation. So that's what this is about. All right, let's pray. We'll dive in. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. It's the presence of God in our lives. We thank you that you're present here in our lives, in our story, because of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead. Thank you that you reign, you are on the throne. God, we just ask that the nations would come to know you. Father, work in our hearts, work in our lives today. We ask that in Jesus' name, so that you get the glory. Amen. All right, just just to start with this, a little bit of a conviction I had as I was looking at this, thinking about how I get to know people, and I realized that there's a huge difference between the way Jesus gets to know us and the way that I sometimes get to know others. And I want to take you to this passage in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 and 16. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 and 16. This is what it says. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. It says, Since then, we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. All right, stop there. i got to preach just for a second. Are you holding fast right now in this season to your faith in Jesus Christ? Are you fighting to keep your faith faith strong in the midst of this pandemic because if we allow this pandemic to weaken our faith the pandemic has won we gotta have faith let's have faith let's trust god let's believe we need courage church we need to rise up so i'll just let me stop and preach just for a second on this let us hold fast to the confession Because a lot of people are allowing this to weaken their faith, but then there's others who are saying, no, 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 I'm going to rise up in this time, and I'm going to hold fast to my faith. Let's do that. So he says, since then, we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens. He's talking about Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession, 
For we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weakness. Right? Jesus can sympathize. He knows us. He says, but one, he's talking about Jesus. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But one who in every respect has been tempted as we are. That's Jesus. Yet without sin. Wow. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. That's God's promise for you. He knows you. He gets you. He understands you. You can draw near confidently to the throne of grace for help and mercy in your time of need. He's talking about Jesus, our great high priest. And in those days, back in Jesus' day, there was a person who was known as the high priest. The high priest was a special person who would go into the sanctuary, into the very holy of holies, before awesome, almighty God, to represent, if you were alive, to represent you and all of God's people. That was the high priest, going into the holy of holies, representing the people before God. But let me ask you a question. Did that high priest know you? Was that high priest in your life? Did this high priest know your struggles, know your sin, know your weaknesses? Probably not. But what about Jesus? Hebrews says, we don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And the idea here is Jesus can sympathize. He is moved what we're going through. He gets it. He's been there. He understands. Right? Jesus knows what it's like to be alone and isolated. He knows what it's like to grow up in a home with a single mom. He knows what it's like for money to be tight. He lost a dad at a young age. He knows what it's like to grieve the death of a father. He was tempted. He felt the pressure of sin and yet never sinned. He was betrayed by a friend. He had prayers that seemed to go unanswered by God. So we have a high priest who is able to sympathize with us. He became human and even more than that, he knows you and he knows me. He knows our struggle. He knows our pain. He knows our sin. He knows what you're going through today, and he loves you. Let me tell you, there is no one who loves you more and who knows you better than Jesus. We have a high priest who is moved by what we're going through. He gets it. He knows us at a deep, deep level. And I just think it's so amazing to see the depths Jesus would go to get to know us. He came from heaven to earth. He doesn't just sit up there going, oh man, that's hard. I'm sorry, you know, that sucks to be you. No, 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 no. He came down to earth, right? He took on humanity. He experienced it. He lived through it. Because he knows, he wants to know us at a deep personal level. And so I just want to ask you guys today, because this is what I'm asking myself. I'm saying, okay, how well do I know people? 
that's how Jesus knows me. How well do I know people? And I just kind of ask a very simple question. Do I know the names of the people God has put in my life? Just kind of basic. You know, Angie and I, we, we lived for seven years in a house, and we didn't know the names of any of our neighbors. We were pastors. <laughs> Guys, can you love your neighbor if you don't even know your neighbor's name? No, right? Like, that's the most basic thing. Do you know the names of the people God's put in your life? Do you know the names of people who go to the church with you? Do you know the names of those who work with you? Do you know your neighbor's names? Um, I heard a powerful story this week. I was talking to somebody who comes to our church, and, and they were telling me that the reason they come to Hope is because when they came back for the second week, somebody remembered their name. Isn't that cool? Do we know people? Do we know their name? How about those we know pretty well? Um, our friends we hang out with, um, maybe it's those we live with, you know, our brothers and sisters, our moms and dads. How about those people who are on our team at work? How well do we know them? I, I think we know people pretty well, you know, know who you are and know what you do. But do we actually know them? Do we know them at the level of the heart? Man, do we know them at what? what what gives you joy? What's your hope? How's God working in your life? Do we know people at the depth of their heart? That's what we're talking about today. See, I think what happens is, because this is what happens to me, do you ever get stuck in that kind of how are you conversation? I think a lot of us just kind of get stuck in those how are you's. Hey, how are you today? Oh, good. You know, how was work good hey what's happening later today you checking in with your spouse or checking in with your team hey what's the update on that project and i think a lot of us get stuck in those superficial how are you's and we never actually go deeper to some conversations that matter and so how do we begin to have conversations that matter how do we get beyond the place of the superficial to really getting to know people at the level of the heart and I just want to point a little bit to our core values. Um, I love this one on this side where it says, people are strengthened, genuineness is encouraged, and Christianity is a matter of the heart. Because that's really what we're talking about today. We're, we're talking about how do we have genuine conversations where we get to know the heart of someone in a way that begins to strengthen them. How do we have genuine conversations that get to the heart and strengthen people? How do we get to know the people God's put in our life? And I just want to share with you three powerful ideas, three concepts that, that you can just begin to apply in your life. And the first, first thing I want to share with you today is a uh, first idea of just how do we get to know people better is, uh, number one, if you're, if you're taking notes, turn small talk into big talk. Turn some small talk into big talk. We all know what small talk is. That's the light conversation. You know, maybe you're joking, you're laughing, uh, talking about the weather or sports or things that are going on. Maybe it's checking in with the spouse or um, getting a status update with a meeting at work. We have small talk all the time. But what if we began to turn some of that small talk into big talk? What's big talk? Big talk is connecting with somebody at the level of the heart. It's saying, I want to get to know you. Let's have a little bit deeper conversation. Let's get beyond the surface level. Let's have a conversation. Some, every once in a while, let's have a conversation that matters. Because I love you and I want to get to know you. 
There's a great book that I read uh, last year, and it's called um, We Need to Talk, How to Have Conversations That Matter. And uh, one of my favorite parts about this book that, that really um, had me thinking about my own life is, is the author, she wanted to do an experiment where she began to count how many meaningful conversations she was having in a typical day. And I just want to encourage you, think about your typical day. How many meaningful conversations do you have in a typical day? And then she kind of thought, you know, she had this number. Is it eight? Is it 10? Is it six? Is it four? How many would you say? Well, she thought, let me do an experiment and let me actually tally up how many meaningful conversations I have every day. And I just want to share with you a little bit about her experience. This is what she writes um, in this book, How to Have Conversations That Matter. She says, while I was writing this book, I used a planner. She says, so analog there. She's like, I used a planner. She's like, That's, I know, it's so analog. She's like, I used this planner to keep a running tally of my face-to-face -face conversations each day. So imagine your day. Imagine your face-to-face -face conversations. Before this exercise, I estimated that I probably had three or four substantive conversations a day. But after tracking them carefully, it turned out that most days I was having perhaps one or two, sometimes none. And she says, I felt like I was having more because I was communicating with people all day, but I was rarely talking with them. Isn't that interesting? I was communicating with people all day, but I was rarely talking with them. How many meaningful conversations do you have every day? And I just want to ask, what if we started to turn some of our small talk into big talk? What if we began to have conversations that matter? Like, let's get to know people at a heart level. Let's get to know our spouse at a deeper level. Let's get to know our children and our coworkers and our friends. Let's get to know people at a deeper level. And I think the challenge is when we're in relationship, we all, this is interesting, we all wear masks, don't we? In our relationships. Isn't that interesting? But what if, what if we began to lower those masks? and to begin to have deeper conversations. And I know we all come to relationship with insecurities. We can have bad days, we may not be ourselves. So how do we begin to go deeper with another person? Because we are all wearing masks. And I think one of the most powerful things we can do to help each other out is to simply ask questions. My questions show we care. And so my first idea is let's just turn some small talk into big talk and then number two let's ask questions ask questions questions show you care about another person when i ask questions about your life it says that i love you i care about you i want to know more about who you are and uh you know we have, have you guys ever heard the question words who what when where why and how those are just great words to begin to use, to ask questions. They're open-ended. It's not a yes or no question. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. Let's use those question words. Would you all know who's really good at asking questions? Little kids, yep. <laughs> My wife was pointing. Little kids are great at asking questions, and 
If you've ever had a three-year-old, you know their favorite number one question is, why? 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 It's time to brush your teeth. Why? Because we brush your teeth every night. Why? Well, you don't want to get cavities, do you? Why? I mean, there's literally like one question they ask over and over again. Even last night, there's just so many questions. My wife was finally like, I can't answer any more questions. Like, just, I'm, I can't do it. Like, no more questions. Kids are just curious, right? Isn't it an amazing thing how curious kids are? What if we brought that same curiosity into our relationships every day? You know who else was great at asking questions? Jesus was great at asking questions. We did a series here called The Questions Jesus Asked. He asked powerful questions like, like, who do you say I am? What do you want me to do for you? Why are you so afraid? Do you hear how these questions get to the heart? If you read the Gospels, Jesus asked over 307 questions. Isn't that amazing? He took time to listen to people and to hear their stories. If there was anyone who ever came to the world that had all the answers, it would have been Jesus. And yet, isn't it amazing? Jesus took the time to ask questions because that's how much he loved and cared about people. What if we began to ask questions, to get to know people at a deeper level. You know, research shows, this was interesting, research, research shows that we spend 60% of our conversations talking about ourselves. Like, it's not even 50-50. You know, a conversation is like a good game of catch, but it's not even 50-50 in research. Research says we spend about 60% of our conversation just talking about ourselves. We, we literally hijack our conversations, and I do this, and make it about myself. But the good questions turn that around. It says, I don't want it to be 60 me, 40 you. It's saying, no, 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 let me be 40. Let me be 30. I want to get to know you. That's the power of questions. Fred Rogers, who uh, taught kids so much through Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, once said, the best thing we can do for each other is to listen with our ears and our hearts, and get this, to be assured that our questions are just as important as our answers. And when Jesus came, the questions were just as important as the answers. So how do we get to know the people God's put in our life? We turn some of that small talk into big talk. We ask questions. And last one, Focus on listening. Focus on listening. And the reason I say focus on listening is because listening is really hard work. It's hard to listen to somebody preach for 30 minutes, right? I get that. But even in our regular conversations, it's hard work. How many of you have gotten good at pretending to listen? I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> but to actually listen to somebody is so hard. Half the time I'm thinking in my head what I'm going to say next. But to go, no, 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 I'm just going to be present, I'm going to be still, and I want to listen to you, that's such hard work. It takes energy to really listen to somebody and to get to know somebody. It's one of the most important things we can do. I heard a story about a dad, 
and uh, his 14-year-old daughter came home one night after school, and she wanted to go to the football game on Friday night, and her dad said no, and she immediately got angry. She said, Dad, I hate you. She ran up to her bedroom, and she slammed the door, and I just think in that moment for that dad, he could have been so angry. He could have been mad. He could have lashed out at her and said, don't you talk that way to me, you know, get to your room, I'm taking your phone, you're not going to that football game. Could have said all those things. But instead, he decided to listen. And he went up to his 14-year-old daughter's room. He sat down next to her on the bed, and he said, honey, why is that Friday night football game so important to you? And you know what he found out when he listened to his daughter? He found out that there was a group of friends that had been rejecting her the entire school year. And she would see pictures on Snapchat and Instagram of them doing all kinds of fun things together. And this was the very first time in the entire year that those girls had asked her to do something with them and to go Friday night football game. But the dad never would have known that if he would have gotten up, yelled at her, sent her to her room. He got to know the heart of his daughter by having some big talk, asking a really good question and just simply taking the time to listen. How well do we know people in our lives? How well do we know the people living in our own home? Are we taking the time to have the conversations that matter? Because when we turn our small talk into big talk, when we ask questions, when we take the time to listen, that's when God can begin to use us in someone's life in a powerful way. And I just want to close with a little testimony. I was thinking about a time when Angie and I were going through a really hard time in our life. We didn't really even know who to talk to. And we reached out to our old youth pastor and his wife. And as we went through this hard time together, we began to meet with our old pastor and his wife. And let me tell you, they didn't give us all the answers. They didn't say, oh, this is what you need to do. Do you know what they did? They just came alongside of us. And they loved us, and they listened to us. They heard our story. They prayed for us. I'm just telling you, there wasn't, a lot, there wasn't any speak and do. It was just a lot of love and know. And I can't tell you how powerful and how healing that was for every one of us, for us. And, and I just want to encourage you today. You may not know what to say. You may not know the advice to give or to, what to tell somebody what to do. But if you'll simply love and know another person, if you'll come alongside them, if you'll step into their life and into their story, if you'll hear them and pray for them and care for them and know them, you are going to help a lot of people. And God is going to use you in an amazing way in so many lives because that's what Jesus did for every one of us. 
He loved us. He knew and gave his life on a cross for our sins so that we could in turn go and love others and see their lives changed by his grace too. So let me pray and uh, we will close with, with worship. But um, I just want you to be encouraged. God's going to use you in the relationships you're building and in the ways that you're getting to know people at a deeper level. That's, that's this ministry model. It's love, building relationships. It's know. I'm getting to know people beyond the surface level at the level of the heart. You'll do that because God's going to use you in powerful ways. Let me just pray. God, thanks for this morning. Thanks for being our great high priest. And uh, not just looking at our lives from heaven and kind of just going, oh man, that's hard, that's too bad. But you actually entered our story and you met us in the place of weakness. You gave your life on a cross for our sins and we just want to thank you so much for that. And I just pray that as we trust in your death and in your resurrection that you would begin to fill up our lives with an overflow of love that would pour into the people around us. God, I just pray that, um, that our story would not be a story of weakness, but would be a story of fullness, God. Fill us up with the presence of God so that we can go from this room and to pour our lives out for people that you've placed in our life. God, we just confess we don't love people always the way that we should love people. We don't know people the way that we should always know people. And through your Holy Spirit, I pray that you would begin to make a change in our lives. Teach us to love the way that you love. Teach us to know people the way that you know us. And God, would you use us to be a part of your plan of redemption in this world? And we just ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.